Welcome to the Church 214 podcast. We're glad that you've joined us today. We hope that you enjoy today's message. And if you'd like to find out more about our church, please visit our website at church214.org. My name is Brian Anderson. If I have not met you, I would love to meet you. Come up and say hi after church. Um, my wife is Lauren. She just walked in the door. Beautiful romper, flashing the Richard Nixon peace signs over there. Um, my brother is here today. My brother, um, older brother, he is responsible for about 40 stitches that I've had throughout my lifetime, as a good older brother would do. Uh, one time we, he had me, we were playing like Double Dare or something, and he had me tie my hands behind my back go across the living room, pick up a marker with my mouth, and run across the living room with the marker in my mouth, and drop it in another coffee can, and just go back and forth like that. And obviously, I tripped, and the marker went through the roof of my mouth. And so, we're talking about hearing today, voices, and sometimes there are voices that you just shouldn't listen to. (laughs) And older brothers are sometimes those voices. Uh, No, we're in a series called Human, and uh, Isaac, last week, you did a great job of starting it off talking about seeing, kind of talking about the five senses and intimacy with God, Um, and Isaac talked about how we should see the kingdom of God with an eternal perspective, and as usual, uh, Isaac did a great job, and as usual, for some reason, I always follow Isaac, it seems like, and so here we are again. Uh, This week, we're going to be talking about hearing, how do we hear from God? Uh, what does scripture say about hearing? And it's been interesting since I've, or since I've known about this series and about kind of the, the theme that we're going to be spending time on over the next several weeks in church. Um, I've read the Bible in a little bit with a different lens in some ways. And I've began to notice the times that scripture talks about our senses, sight, smell, hearing. And I have been Honestly, blown away, I'm constantly noticing how often Scripture talks about our senses and our humanity. A few things, it's always talking about sight. Sight is one of the biggest ones. We live by faith, not by sight. Open Open my eyes that I may see. The eyes of the Lord are in every place, keeping watch on the evil and the good. Sight is everywhere in the Bible, and that's three out of lots and lots of uh, times the Bible talks about sight talks about touch, a woman touching Jesus' robe, Jesus touching a man with leprosy to heal him, Um, Jesus touching the eyes of a blind man, talks about taste, how sweet are your words to my mouth, O Lord, you have tasted the goodness of the word of the Lord, taste and see that the Lord is good, that's a double dipper, taste and see, Um, smell, God gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering, it says, uh, the Bible says, if the body were an ear, where would, the sense, where would be the sense of smell? Uh, Isaiah says, instead of a fragrance, there would be a stench. It's a good verse. Uh, <clears throat> it goes on to say, better to smell good before God than to stink in his presence. Uh, also a good thing to remember on your way to church, to clean up a little, maybe some gargle some Listerine, get rid of that coffee breath, smell good before God. So taste and touch and sight and smell, they're all in the Bible. But what does the Bible say about hearing? 
Um, we're going to talk about today, that today, but I would like to pray first, so pray with me. Jesus, help us hear from you today. As we talk about hearing, as we talk about how you speak to us, I just pray that you would give us ears to hear. Um, anything that I might say that isn't of you, I pray that that would be quickly forgotten, and I pray, God, that anything that is of you would sink down deep into our hearts and deep into our spirits and, and live there by the power of your spirit. And I pray, God, that you would change us today, uh, change our hearts, change our lives, change the way we think and the way we act. Um, God, I am a broken vessel standing before you today, and yet you've chosen me to share this word. And so I pray, God, that you would just speak through me and that my friends here would hear um, not what I have to say, but what you might have to say to them. And God, may you be glorified in all of it. Amen. So October 1st of last year, it's almost been a year, 11 and a half months, I went off social media, uh, and it has been great. I very, or like no Instagram, very limited Facebook, except for maybe what I need for my job, no, no real social media. Uh, and I don't miss much about social media, but there are things that you miss because of social media. Like when Bob Saget died, I did not know that for four days, and that's a big deal. Like, I heard it, somebody mentioned it in passing as if it's old news, and I was like, hold on, Bob Saget from Full House, Danny Tanner died. And so I missed that. I've missed, you know, probably many of your birthdays and anniversaries, and I'm very sorry for that. Um, if you want me to remember your birthday, you're going to have to text me the morning of your birthday and be like, did you get me anything? Or So remind me of those things. I, it won't bother me. Um, but there was one thing on social media a couple years ago when I was still on social media. It was a big deal, and it was about our hearing. It was Laurel versus Yanni. You remember that? Yeah. So weird phenomenon. It's the same audio clip. And you're either going to hear Laurel or Yanni, all right? So, Katie, can you play that? Laurel. 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 How many Laurels in here? Who heard Laurel? Who heard Yanni? Yanni. Yanni. So this is crazy. I just heard Laurel, but when that was played earlier this morning, I heard Yanni. And... I don't know how that happened. Yesterday when I was looking at it, I heard Laurel, and I was thinking, like, anyone who does not hear Laurel is clinically insane. I don't know how you could hear anything except Laurel. And then this morning, she tested it out, and it was like, Yanny. And I'm like, okay, I might be crazy. And now I'm hearing Laurel again, and it's official. I'm, I'm crazy. So, um, so how many Laurels in here? How many Yannies? Any both, like I can hear both. If I, I just have this thing, I can choose. Okay. Um, the, what we hear affects us. It affects how we live our lives. It, it affects us, our day-to-day -day actions. And so what we hear is a very important thing. If I played that clip for my three-year-old foster, he wouldn't hear a thing. Um, <laughs> because especially if, like, Daniel Tiger was on, nothing. You could, he is sitting there, and I will be like, foster... Time to eat. Go wash your hands. Foster. 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 Like yelling at him. Raising my voice. 
where I'm not angry, I'm just like trying to get his attention, and he is zoned in. And so, what I, what we're gonna where we're gonna spend our time today, kind of like that. All right. So we're gonna open to First Samuel three, verses one through eleven, and uh, the Lord, in some ways, God says, Foster, Foster, Foster. Except he says Samuel. And so 1 Samuel 3, uh, we'll just open to that. It says, uh, verse 1, The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. So for whatever reason, God wasn't speaking to the people, or at least the people were not hearing from God. Um, One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel, Samuel. Samuel answered, here I am, and he ran to Eli and said, here I am, you called me? But Eli said, I did not call, go back and lie down. So he went and laid down. Again, the Lord called Samuel, and Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am. You called me? My son, Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. A third time the Lord called Samuel. Starting to feel kind of like Foster, Foster, Samuel, 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 Samuel. And so a third time the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am. You called me? Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. It was the Lord calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, go and lie down. And if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord came and stood there, calling as at the other time, Samuel, Samuel. And then Samuel said, speak, for your servant is listening. And the Lord said to Samuel, See, I am about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears it, hears about it, tingle. So, <clears throat> a few things that I want to point out about this. All right, first of all, it is easy to confuse the voice of God. Samuel clearly heard his name, but the first three times he thought it was Eli that was speaking to him. He he's confused the voice of the Lord for another voice. And he goes in and he wakes Eli up. And Eli, he says, Eli, you need me? And Eli is like, Samuel, get out of here. I'm trying to sleep. I don't need you. And so three times, Samuel, get out of here. I don't need you. It wasn't me. It wasn't me. And then the third time, he realizes, Eli realizes, okay, it was the Lord. Uh, One time I had a bat in my room in college. I was, uh, me and my roommate, uh, we had two other roommates, but one was gone. I, we had a bat in my room, and there was something flying around my room in the middle of the night. It woke me up, and I thought something was caught on my fan because my fan was on. And then next thing I know, it like, swoops right in front of my face, and I'm like, it's a bat. And so I get out of my bed. I army crawl out. I crawl into my, I shut the door behind me to lock the bat in my room. I crawl into my, my roommate's room, and I'm like, Ben, there's a bat in my room you got to help me get this thing out. And Ben, who is sleeping, says, 
get out of here. I'm not helping you. Get out. And so I sleep on the couch that night because I'm not going in that room. Um, And then the very next night, I'm sleeping soundly. We couldn't find the bath the next morning. Next night, I'm sleeping soundly, and Ben comes in. And Ben's like, Ryan, the bat is in my room. You got to come help me. And I'm like, Ben, you didn't help me last night. If you think I'm getting out of bed right now to help you, you're crazy. So Ben ended up having to get a rabies shot, which is a whole nother story. Uh, but anyway, Eli is probably like me. I'm, he, Eli's like, get out of here. <laughs> you, I, I didn't call you. I don't need you. And so Samuel confused the Lord's voice for someone else's, and we do that too. I do that too. And so when we hear the voice of God, the question is, how do we know that it's the voice of God? And so three quick ways. Um, One is that it lines up with Scripture. If what you hear does not line up with Scripture, with what the Bible says, it's not God's voice. God will not tell you to do something that doesn't align with the truth of Scripture. I know people who, we were talking about this Tuesday night at the Freedom Ministry class. Uh, we were talking, like, I know people who might be like, God told me to go punch that guy. And God would not say that. God would not say, go punch that guy, I don't think. You know, I don't think that's God's voice. That might be you, and you just want to punch that guy. And that's, that doesn't, if it doesn't align with the truth of Scripture, then likely it's not God's voice. Second one is it lines up with the character of Jesus. The voice of Jesus brings hope. The voice of Jesus brings love. The voice of Jesus brings life. It doesn't bring shame. It doesn't bring condemnation. As Jesus speaks to people in the Bible, he brings hope and love and life and truth. He doesn't bring these other things. And so if you are not hearing if you're hearing something that doesn't line up with the, the character of Jesus, then you are likely not hearing God's voice. And then a, a, the third one is it's confirmed by other people who love you and love Jesus. If there are people who love Jesus and love you, they will confirm the things that Jesus is speaking to you. Twelve years ago, <coughs> I was uh, praying really hard about whether or not I should go into ministry full-time. I had a good job at Bosch Tools, working for the man, um, doing marketing for sprinklers and inventory management for hose-end products, and just not the most exciting thing, but it was a good job, and I thought I heard God telling me it was time to go into ministry, and so I was praying about that, and through lots and lots of conversations, people who love me and people who love Jesus confirmed in me that, yes, I'm hearing the, God, I'm hearing the Lord's voice, time to go into ministry. And thank God I listened to God's voice, and thank God I listened to those people because it has changed my life. It's been a, a great decision. I can't imagine if I hadn't listened to God's voice in that. Um, and there are tons of other ways that God can speak to you. There are plenty of other ways to know if it's God's voice or not. Um, and, and God speaks to different people in different ways. And so we could go down this path for a long time, but if you're curious, I would encourage you to talk to me, talk to Lynn. In this freedom ministry class, we've we've literally done it one week. I've had one week of it, and it's been really great. We're talking about like how to hear from God and how God speaks to us. And so, um, recommend recommendation from for a freedom ministry, but also um, just 
talk to one of us because we're in the process of learning that. Um, the second thing that we can take from this passage in 1 Samuel is this. Having a posture of listening to Jesus is important. We have to have a posture of listening for Jesus' voice. When, when Eli finally realizes it's the voice of God that's speaking to Samuel, he tells Samuel to have a listening posture. He says, the next time the Lord calls, say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. And so he takes this posture of being open and ready to listen to Jesus. And as we have that posture, our ears and our hearts and our minds are more attentive to what Jesus might have to say. At first, Samuel wasn't attentive. In fact, he it, it even says Samuel did not yet know the Lord. And if we don't know the Lord, we can't expect to recognize his voice. So we have to be close to him. We have to have a relationship with him. We have to be intimate with him in order to know this and to, to recognize and hear the voice of God. Two weeks ago, maybe, um, Lauren's upstairs, and I'm downstairs, and Lauren yells down, and she's like, Ryan, come here. So I go upstairs, and uh, she's like, Ryan, there is something in our vents. Something is scratching in our vents. And I'm like, I don't know. I'm, I'm in this office a lot. I work in this. This was in our home office. And I've never heard anything, but I'll put my ear down to the vent, and I'll try and hear it. And so I hear it, and I'm like, I can kind of hear it but not great. I'm not sure if that's scratching or just something. And so I go to the next room, and I put my ear down against a vent, and I hear, okay, maybe some scratching there. And then I go to each room and each vent, and I keep trying to hear, and I'm just kind of chasing this noise around, trying to get closer and closer to the noise. It's kind of like when you lose your phone, and you're like, hey, will you call my phone? And of course, it's on vibrate mode, so you can't actually hear it, but you can hear this like, and so you're running all around the house or the car trying to find it, and you're, you're trying to get closer and closer. And the closer that you get, the louder that noise is. And with Jesus, the closer we get to him, the louder and more clear his voice may become. And so if you are not hearing the voice of Jesus, maybe it's time to take a, some steps toward Jesus. Maybe it's time to get closer to him. Uh, because the closer you get, the louder the noise and the easier it is to hear. And the closer you get to Jesus, the easier he is to hear. Uh, we never found out what the scratching was in our vents, by the way. But we did have a raccoon in our yard like two days later. And so I don't think it was that, but it could have been. Maybe coincidence. I don't know. If I start like foaming at the mouth, that's the rabies kicking in. Either from the bat or the raccoon. I'm not sure which... Let's see, the last thing in this passage that I want to bring out is this. When the Lord speaks, it should cause a reaction in us. It should cause some kind of a response. It, it, when the Lord speaks, it, it needs to cause a response. It says, um, when Samuel finally hears the Lord, he says, I'm about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears, it, hears about it tingle. When God speaks, it should make our ears tingle. It should get you excited. It should make your heart leap. The creator of the universe, the God of all creation, the one who has the power to give you your very next breath or take it away, is speaking to you. And we should see that as an honor. We have this ability to hear from the God of the universe. And if that doesn't make our heart 
leap. I don't know what will. I was in Denver. I travel in the Denver airport often, and they have these kind of trams or subways that take you from one terminal to the next. And a couple years ago, I got on the train, and I look up, and Phil Simms is standing right next to me. Phil Simms is a quarterback, two-time Super Bowl winning quarterback. And I look, and I'm like, I'm like 90% sure that's Phil Simms, but why would Phil Simms be standing next to me? And He's an announcer now, so he has a very distinct voice. And I was like, I, I know if I talk to him, I'll recognize his voice. And so I'm like, and the Broncos were playing in the playoffs that, that year, um, that next day. And so I was like, are you here for the game? And the second he started talking, he said, yeah. And I, like, I knew in that moment, I'm like, that's Phil Simms. I'm standing next to Phil Simms. Um, and for the next three minutes on that train... I got to have a conversation with Phil Simms, which in my mind, in my sports fanatic life, was a big deal. And so the last thing I said after that three-minute conversation I had to get out, uh, I was like, it's an honor to talk to you. And I was so excited to talk to Phil Simms, and yet I have this opportunity daily to talk to the creator of the universe, the God of all creation, and yet I take that for granted, or I'm not, it doesn't make my ears tingle, it doesn't make my heart beat, it doesn't um, do much for me, I take it for granted. To speak to him, to hear from him, for him to speak to me, and it doesn't get me excited like it should. When we hear from God, when God speaks, it should make our ears tingle. It should demand some kind of response. And even in Samuel, after the Lord says that, he goes on. And we didn't read this part, but I'll kind of break it down. Uh, he shares something with Samuel. And it's, frankly, it's something, for, something that's hard for Samuel to hear. The Lord tells Samuel that Eli's family, so kind of Samuel's friend and mentor who he's ministering under, is going to be punished. Eli's family is going to be punished. And Samuel has to take this news and deliver it to Eli. And so God speaks something into Samuel's life that Samuel probably doesn't want to hear. He definitely doesn't want to do. He doesn't want to carry it out. It's not fun for him. And yet, because Samuel is faithful, he hears the voice of God and he obeys, even though it's hard, even though it's not fun, even though it's not what he wants to hear and not what he wants to do. Samuel listens to the voice of God. And then it says, as Samuel grew up, the Lord was with him. Because Samuel listens, the Lord is with him in that as he grows. And when God speaks, just like Samuel, when God speaks, we are called to listen. We're called to obey. Even when it's hard, even when it's not fun, even when it's not what we want to hear, God's voice demands some kind of response. And Jesus himself says this. He says seven different times, in the New Testament, Jesus says, those who have ears, let him hear. Seven different times in the Bible, those who have ears, let him hear. And what he's saying when he says this is basically like, listen up, pay attention. What I'm about to say is important. So if you have ears, you better hear, and you better listen, and you better obey. And if you're anything like me, you might say, man, I am so willing to listen to the voice of God. 
I want to hear from God. I want to hear what God has for me and my life and what, I, what I'm supposed to do, how I'm supposed to be, what I'm, what's next for me. Um, and I'm like, Samuel, I'm like, speak, Lord. I'm listening. Your servant is listening. And yet, I don't always hear from God. Um, and I, I've become really more familiar in the last few years with not being able to hear as a part of my job. So I'm a, a national director for Youth for Christ is what I do. So I work out of our office in Denver, but I, I work from home and I oversee all of our campus ministry. And one of our campus ministries is called Deaf Teen Quest. Deaf Teen Quest is a ministry, it's the biggest ministry to deaf and hard of hearing teens in the world. Um, and so DTQ, uh, 11 and 19 year olds who are deaf and hard of hearing, um, we minister to them. We send leaders, we seen, send people who speak their language, which sign language, ASL, we send leaders into their life so they can hear the gospel, the good news of Jesus. And um, I, this generation of teens, Generation Z, is the most lonely and isolated generation of all time. Because of phones, because of a lot of different things, they're the most lonely and isolated. But then you add the fact that a student cannot hear, and eight out of 10 teens who are deaf, their parents don't sign, and so they literally can't even communicate with their parents. They can't hear, they can't, um, their parents are not able to communicate with them, eight out of 10. And so they, they just are alone. And yet, Jesus speaks their language. And so I could try to explain a little more, but I just want to play a quick video for you that's about a girl named Asia. She's deaf. And maybe it'll give you a small glimpse into the world of a deaf teen. So um, watch this video. So the part of the reason I show that is just to say, to, to put a name with a face, Asia, someone who is deaf, it's been really interesting to get to know deaf culture over the last couple of years, but understanding, and Asia even said it, uh, Jesus speaks Asia's language. And Jesus speaks my language. And Jesus speaks your language. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. He stepped into our world and he came into a broken and sin-filled world because he loves us. Jesus' language isn't necessarily English. It's not ASL. It's not, it's love. Jesus' language is love. And he speaks to us through his love. He speaks to us in love. Something that whether you can physically hear or not, you can understand it. And something that if you're blind or seen, you can see. Something that no matter how broken or lost or hopeless you are, you can feel. Jesus' language is love. Psalm 28 says this, I pray to you, O Lord, do not turn a deaf ear to me. And he doesn't because he loves us. Exodus 4.11 says, The Lord said to him, Who gave human beings their mouths? Who makes the deaf or mute? Who gives them sight or makes them blind? Is it not I, the Lord? God created you exactly how you are because he loves you. 
and he created Asia, death, because he loves her. My friend Matt, who is the national director of DTQ, and he, is, he himself is deaf, says, deafness is not a dis- disability, it's an opportunity. And God created Matt that way because God loves him. And it's exactly how Matt, it's exactly how God wanted Matt to be. And maybe that's hard for us to comprehend, but God loves Matt more than Matt could possibly know. God loves me more than I could possibly know. And in spite of the things that I feel I wish were different about myself or I wish were, uh, I wish I could change, God put those things in me simply because he loves me enough to do that. In the Bible, <clears throat> when, the, when God speaks, I think it's important that we listen. But there are times in the Bible when God repeats himself. And I feel like those times are times when we should really listen. We should really stop and be like, okay, he's said this a few times now. It's time to listen up. Um, it's kind of like when Jesus said, those with ears, let them hear. God is saying, hey, this is important. Listen up. And in Psalm 136, God starts repeating himself. Uh, he's telling us, listen up. Psalm 136 repeats over and over and over what I think we need to hear over and over and over. And it doesn't just repeat itself once or twice. It, re- it says it 26 times in Psalm 136. It says, his love endures forever. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of gods. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord of lords. His love endures forever. Over and over and over and over. It says something and it says, it knocks it home with his love endures forever. To him alone who does, who does great wonders, his love endures forever. To him who led his people through the wilderness, his love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of heaven. His love endures forever. God loves us more than we could love him, more than we ever could. And the entire Bible is the greatest love story of all time, the greatest love story ever told. And it's a love story that really looked like it was going to end in a tragedy. And yet Jesus steps in, and it doesn't end up being a tragedy. It becomes the greatest love story ever told. Because Jesus came and because he spoke in the universal language of love and he gave himself on behalf of a broken world full of sinners so that one day there would be no more deafness, there would be no more blindness, there would be no more disease or pain or suffering suffering or brokenness or heartache or no more tears. There would just be love between us and our Savior, Jesus. I love Paul Tripp. I probably mention him every time I preach, but uh, he says the Bible is a story of a God of love invading the world in the person of his son of love to establish his kingdom of love by a sacrificial, by a radical sacrifice of love to forgive us in love and to draw us into his family of love and to send us out as ambassadors of that very same love. And so whether you're deaf or hearing, whether you're blind or seeing, whether you're a saint or a sinner, God's language for you is love. And that is what he wants you to hear today.
He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. His love endures forever. And I want to end in Hosea. And Hosea, at least to me, is a bit of a lesser known uh, book of the Bible. It's not one that I spent much time in. It's easy. It's Old Testament. It's kind of easy to pass over. Um, <clears throat> but it is a beautiful picture of God's initiating love for us. It's a picture of how he speaks to us in love. It's how he speaks love to us. So Hosea 1 says this. Hosea 1.1, the word of the Lord came to Hosea. Right off the bat, God is speaking and Hosea is listening. The word of the Lord came to Hosea. The first time God spoke to Hosea, he said, go and marry a prostitute. Okay, (laughs) didn't expect that, I don't think, but go and marry a prostitute so that some of her children will be conceived in prostitution. And what happens next is this. Hosea listens to what God speaks. He listens to what he hears the Lord say to him. And he marries a prostitute. Her name is Gomer. And he marries a woman that he knew would be unfaithful to him. And she is. She's unfaithful. She has multiple children with... um, who Hosea is not the father of. And these adulteries are all very public and very embarrassing for Hosea, and they should be shameful for Hosea. And any husband back then would have left his wife, would have divorced her for putting him to shame, but Hosea doesn't do that. Instead, Hosea pursues her. And he even supports her. He gives her grain and wine and oil and he meets her needs even when she doesn't know it and even when she is unfaithful. And then at some point, Gomer is all used up. Nobody wants her anymore. Nobody cares for her. Nobody nobody loves her. All these men who have just used her have uh, beaten her and left her in the gutter. And she's to be sold as a slave and the only person to place a bid on her is her own husband Hosea and he pays to take her back and he takes her home and he washes her body and he washes her soul and he adopts all of the children who she has who are not even his and he gives her all the rights of a wife and he does this simply because He loves her. And in this story, I would like to think I'm Hosea, but I'm not. I'm the wife. I'm unfaithful. I'm useless. I'm used up. I'm broken. And that's all of us. We're all unfaithful. We're all used up. We're all broken. We're beaten and dirty and destitute. And we're the wife in this story. But Jesus is Hosea, and he pursues us because he loves us, and he could leave us, and he could abandon us, and frankly, he should, but it's not in his character, and he hunts us down, and he meets our needs, and he lavishes us with gold and silver like Hosea did for Gomer, and yet we're still unfaithful, even after that, 
but he pays the price to buy us back. Jesus gives his life for us. And he frees us from the slavery of our sin so that we can simply be with him. I want you to close your eyes. And I just want you to answer some of these questions. What is Jesus speaking to you right now? What is he saying to you? What does he want you to hear? Try and clear the other voices out of your head, voices that are maybe trying to lie to you or voices that are trying to deceive you. And ask yourself, Jesus, what is it that you want me to hear from you and you alone right now? What does he want you to know? What does he want you to hear? What is God saying to you right now in your spirit? Jesus, we want to hear from you. Speak, Lord. Your servants are listening. We want to hear what you have to say. We want to hear the truth that you have for us. We want to hear how much it is that you love us. God, remind us of that. Tell us how much you love us. Tell us what you might have for us in the future. Tell us how to be good parents. Tell us how to be good neighbors, how to be good friends. God, share with us your, your spirit. God, let it dwell in us. I pray, Lord, that we would be so intimately close with you that we couldn't help but hear your voice. We want to draw near to you. I'm reminded that um, long time ago, the Ark of the Covenant, people couldn't go near it. If they touched it, they would die. And then fast forward and Jesus enters the world and suddenly people have access to Jesus, the Son of God. They can shake his hand and they can hug him and they can touch him and they can be near to him. And now, Christ is in us. He's in us. His spirit is in us. He allows us access to him through his spirit that lives and dwells inside of us. And we couldn't possibly be more near to him if we wanted to. And so, as we pursue you, Jesus, as we get close to you, I pray that we would be so close to you, God, that we would hear you daily, that you would speak to us daily, and then it would be as crystal clear as it could possibly be in our hearts. And God, when we hear your voice, I pray, Jesus, that we would listen and we would obey. God, we trust you in that. We love you. And we pray this in the strong name of Jesus. Amen.